You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Elisa Gardner, host of Develop Your Character, brought to you by Camp Broadway. We'll be bringing you candid conversations with theater educators, industry experts and insiders, and savvy parents, geared toward helping culture-loving kids and aspiring artists become great performers on stage and off at every stage of their lives. Our guest today is Tasha Partee, a theater teacher, playwright, and performer who has worked with thespians of all ages. Her plays have been produced by the New York International Fringe Festival, the Hudson Guild Theatre Company under the direction of Jim Furlong, the New York New Works Theatre Festival, and Manhattan Repertory Theatre. Tasha holds an MA in Educational Theatre from New York University and a BFA in Theatre Education from Virginia Commonwealth University, and she currently serves as Upper School Theatre Director at Lawrence Woodmere Academy on New York's Long Island. In 2018, one of her students there, Andrew Barth Feldman, won the Roger Rees Award, representing the New York chapter of the National High School Musical Theater Awards, or the Jimmies, as they're popularly known. He also won the Jimmy for Best Performance by an Actor, and was later cast in the title role of Dear Evan Hansen at just 17 years old. Tasha herself won a Jimmy for Inspiring Teacher in 2019. Thank you so much for joining us today, Thank Tasha. you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, excellent. We are too. Um, I mentioned the Roger Rees Awards, which are produced by Camp Broadway and Disney Theatrical Awards, and the Jimmy Awards as a winner of both. Um, maybe you can start by telling us about your experience with them and the relationship between them. Oh, it's been wonderful, and it's been so eye-opening for me over the past, I'd say, year, two years. Um and sort of the the joke, and, and I've talked about this with Susan Lee and with Andrew himself, Andrew Barthelm, we, um, going into the Rogeries Awards, I was not familiar. Um, my school was doing a production of Catch Me If You Can, and Andrew was playing Frank Jr., and he pulled me aside one day and he said, Miss Party, do you know about the Rogeries Awards? And I was like, no. And so he filled me in on um, on what the awards are as this regional um, awards you know, opportunity for theater students, musical theater students, and that it gives the students the pathway, should they win, to go on to the National High School Musical Theater Awards, the Jimmies. And so knowing that this was a great opportunity for Andrew and for all of my other students to be exposed to this, um, we got our application together. Um, we had judges come and adjudicate the show, and Andrew went in to the Rogeries Awards. And I was watching uh, that year they did it at Pearl Studios, and I was watching the, the Facebook stream, and lo and behold, I got to see him win. And it was so incredible. And from there, he went on to the Jimmy Awards. And again, we're sitting in the audience watching just this amazing thing happening, and he wins. And um, and then the very next year, uh, even just kind of putting to side his, his experience with Dear Evan Hansen, just kind of focusing on the Roger Rees Awards, um, that that whole experience had been so exciting for all of my students, even the ones that weren't necessarily interested in uh, pursuing acting as a career, but just to see that, you know, 
um, I, I could I could be awarded for something that I love to do, and I could I could have this really interesting experience. Um, and so uh, we entered again. And last year, I not only had a student who received a Best Actor nomination, but I also had a student who won the Rogeries Award for uh, a theater in, I want to say the exact title, is um, Excellence, Theater is Excellence, um, and the Excellence in Journalism, or Theater is Education and uh, the excellence in journalism for an essay that she wrote. And it was just really, really wonderful. All the, just again, outside of performing, performing and non-performing students, all of the opportunities that they are getting um, through the Rogeries Awards. It's just been wonderful for us. Um, and we just, we love, <laughs> we love the Rogeries Awards and all the people involved. It's just become like family. Well, I know you've spoken a lot about the fact that uh, theater is not just about performance, that it can serve right. as a means of enrichment as well. So I'm definitely going to get to that. Great. But um, I also want to ask you about your wanting to be a teacher from a very young age. Yes. That's something you've, you've said. And it's interesting because you also became a writer and a performer, but Teaching was something you also knew you wanted from early on. Tell me about that. Yes. So from the time that I was very, very small, I, I just knew I wanted to be a teacher. And um, I, you know, would, would design lesson plans and try to recruit friends to, you know, be my students. And, you know, nobody wanted to play this on a Saturday. But I <laughs> had fun. And, um, and it was just something that I knew I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to teach. And um, I knew I loved performing. I had a, a background in dance. My mom put me in dance uh, early on. Um, long story behind that. But um, I, I was really always drawn to the plays and the, the plays that the kids were doing in school. But I had a little bit of a speech impediment when I was small. And I, I couldn't say my R's. And talking, especially talking in front of a group, was very, very intimidating to me. And so my voice was very soft and very quiet. And so I never got a part in the play. <laughs> like, so I would just do my dancing. And, um, and then fast forward to high school. And my senior year, we got a new drama teacher. Her name is Daphne Patterson. And she, we still keep in touch to this day. Um, by that time, I had gotten involved in drama and I'd gotten involved in cheerleading, which actually uh, kind of gave me, like literally helped me with my volume as a speaker. And so I had gotten, you know, dabbled in theater in high school. And, and then my senior year, Daphne came in. And she was this young, fresh, uh, energetic, enthusiastic teacher. And our department at that point was, we weren't floundering, but we, we our old drama teacher had moved away. And so we, we didn't really know what we, we were going to do. And Daphne comes in and she says, we're going to do DuckTales and Bobby Socks. Everybody wanted to do Grease, but this was kind of like what we could afford. And so we did DuckTales and Bobby Socks. We were so excited. We're like, it's going to be amazing. And, and it was, but more than anything, she created this community. She just, she got every, all these kids that hadn't done theater before, she got them involved. And I was looking around and knowing that I wanted to be a teacher, I saw what she did and I said to myself, that's what I want to do. Like, that's what I want to bring to students. And so that's what propelled me into kind of combining my loves and my interests. When I went to Virginia Commonwealth University for undergrad, they really instilled the notion 
in the theater ed students that you have to want to be a teacher. You cannot use teaching as a fallback if the acting thing doesn't work out. <laughs> you know, like that, that wasn't what they wanted. Um, so they had to really make sure, even though I had to audition to get into the school, they still wanted to make sure that the teaching was my passion. And I told them about my stories of my lesson plans when I was a child. And, and so they, I think they felt like that, that was a, a good place for me. So now you're the energetic, passionate young teacher. I hope so. <laughs> That's my goal. <laughs> um, when I contacted you about appearing on our podcast, you mentioned a number of points that are very dear to you. Yes. Uh, right at the top, you listed the benefits of theater beyond performing and developing what we might call soft skills or, yes. or life skills mm -hmm. that are, I think, increasingly vital. Mm -hmm. um, and the role of community, which mm -hmm. you just referenced, um, how important that is in theater. Elaborate on that a bit. Absolutely. The, the word soft skills, 21st century skills, life skills um, are such, these are such buzzwords and they're so, and for a reason, they're so important. Um, the soft skills of people skills, of emotional intelligence, um, all of the things that make a student able to work well with others are so crucial today. I mean, I can't think of a time in history where they would be more important than what we're seeing right now. And um, so having that education in theater, um, whether a student wants to perform or not, is going to help them. It's going to help them in anything that they want to do, any chosen path, theater, and that experience is going to be helpful. Um, I talk a lot to my students about the perceptions that millennials face and this world of social media that we're in and how a lot of times millennials are pegged as, you know, oh, they're impatient or they just want instant gratification and, um, uh, you know, self-involved and all of those things. And I'm very honest when I talk to my students about these perceptions are out there and an education in theater can actually really help you dismantle those notions about you because you can go into a job interview and you can go into a college interview or your college essay and you can say, hey, you know what? I actually know a lot about patience because I had to develop a role for a play over a five-month period of time. And guess what? Those lines, I didn't just learn by looking at once. I had to dedicate myself again and again, uh, night after night, to studying um, and to directing myself, even when no one was, you know, nagging me to, to do it, I had to do it on my own. And, you know, if, if, if you think I'm self-involved, guess what? I know all about empathy. I know all about what it means to step into another person's shoes because that's what I did with this role that I played. Um, so those types of things, I, I like for students to know that it's not always just about doing the role and having the fun, that you're really gaining something from this that you can use beyond your time on the stage. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. 
The Skylight Calendar is a smart touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. And you've spoken of the importance of elevating uh, the value of arts in schools, dispelling with this idea that arts education is non-academic or just right. icing on the cake. Yeah. I think you put it that way. Um, having an ethic of excellence as mm. well so that the work is made public, which I imagine those goals can be related. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So that, that uh, the ethic, I actually, I brought the book with me. <laughs> an Ethic <laughs> of Excellence is a book by um, Ron Berger that I was given in grad school at NYU. And um, the crux of the book is really about achieving quality with your work. And it's a wonderful book for teachers or anybody that's interested in education. Um, but again, achieving quality within your work. And one of his strategies is this notion of making work public, that it's not something that if, if it only exists between a student and a teacher and it only exists on a test or a paper that no one else sees, um, that that's a very different experience when, than when the work is made public and the work is made to be shared with an audience. And when I was reading this, I thought that's exactly what theater is. And I feel like that's why theater works so well. Um, and that's why it has worked well for centuries and, and thousands of years is, is because um, it is about the shared experience. And um, so, yeah, yeah. And understanding the audience, too, is something you pointed out is crucial, particularly in our age of social media, where the theater audience isn't just people necessarily who are physically present in front of you. Um, how do you and how do we help young students navigate that? It is, it's so interesting. When I first started teaching, I can remember I would ask my students, okay, what, what do you think are the three fundamental components of theater. What do you have to have in order to put on a play? And they would say, you know, oh, you know, a, a, a script or a, a story or it's performers and a stage. And it would take a while to get to the audience. You know, that it would take a little while of like kind of poking and then they'd say, oh, an audience is, is important. Now I feel like there is very little that we don't do for an audience. It seems like everything is for an audience. And so what I try to help my students understand is that um, the, the kind of the, the role of the audience is very much for us to be in conversation with them. Every play that we do, every play, it's always a dialogue with your audience. And so that notion of dialogue is something that I really like to try to get students to focus on. That um, if we can be asking questions, if we can be uh, looking at things that we don't know the answers to, if we can be in conversation and not just ranting and disabling the comments section, <laughs> you know, just like, like that is so important. Um, and so I think that, that helping students grasp the concept of the, what's really the, the fundamental, you know, um, uh, form of theater, theater is dialogue, uh, helping them grasp that early on 
is something that that I feel is helpful. Yeah. Well, talk to us a little bit about also what I think you define as the age of the monologue. Um, I looked at that term. Oh, that's interesting. You define it, I think, as helping students ask genuine questions, generate dialogue, consider multiple perspectives and viewpoints on an issue, and be okay with being uncertain. That certainly sounds like it can be relevant far beyond a stage. Right. Absolutely. Um, I think that the... um the idea of dialogue being our opportunity to hear viewpoints, uh, multiple perspectives, um, and to engage with that. Uh, it's it's when I when I think about the world right now, sort of the age of the monologue. It's just sort of something I've coined to myself because I see a lot of um, a lot of people uh, posting something. And it's, it's, I, I think that the underlying need there is that need to share. Everybody needs to share. And so I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Like, this is theater. <laughs> That's why they're doing it. They need to share. They want to connect. But it's scary to do that. And it's, it's scary to ask a question that you don't know the answer to or to put something out that people might not agree with. And if we can just get ourselves... Uh, and, and students, students out there, you're, you know, this, this is the charge. If we can get ourselves to the point where we are actually listening, where we're able to respond not as an attack, but as a dialogue, um, we're going to be a, a, a far better, you know, society. Yeah, that certainly sounds like it has <laughs> ramifications we have for goals. a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you, uh, it's not uncommon for great teachers to describe what they do as a learning experience, in part at least, that um, they learn themselves in the process of teaching. Could you tell us one or two things you've learned from your students individually oh. or collectively uh, in that process? Absolutely. I think that my, my first big lesson as a teacher was the importance of listening to the students, um, listening to their ideas, listening to, and, and going in myself with the, with being okay to say, I don't know. Um, I think when I first started teaching, I, I would look at these faces and think, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to have all the answers for them. When in fact, the best thing was when I could look at them and say, honestly, I don't know. And that is our, that's our bus that we're going to get on and find the answer together. And, and I think over the years, I mean, it's just like Andrew saying to me, have you heard of the Roger Rees? And I said, no, <laughs> you know, um, but being okay with that was then took us to this really fabulous place. And I'm so glad. So that's been uh, a huge lesson for me. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if on every level of our society and culture oh, <laughs> people yeah. did that, right? Just right. Yeah. Right. Um, you wrote a great letter a few years ago and mm. shared it with your students on the first day of school. You've, you've referenced this, uh, that it was in response to a video circulating right. um, that basically was very critical of millennials, and you wanted your students to know what they were up against in terms right. of negative perceptions. I, w- I wish I could read the letter in full, but as an outline, you prescribe qualities like empathy, patience, self-direction. You, you just mentioned these. And you're also passionate about the idea of theater as a place where members of this generation can stand up and develop 
their own voices. Yes. So so maybe we can start to wrap up by by your telling us a little more about that. Great. Yes. Um, I feel if I can just say to any any student that might be listening right now, um, you know, you I, I so strongly believe in this next generation of students, the way that I'm so inspired by them and the way that I watch them motivate um, in in moments of tragedy, uh, the things that I see them do is so inspiring. And so I want to just remind them, you know, you have a voice, you have something to say. And theater is a fantastic place for you to develop that voice, whether it's in writing or whether it is spoken. Um, and I think it's also a wonderful place for us to develop um, a, a, a boy, you know, a space for our stories that are not necessarily the perfect stories. Um, I think that's another thing that our social media is doing is we feel like we have to put the best thing out there all the time. But in theater, we can say, you know, these are the things that aren't great. And these are the things that are that are imperfect. One of the things that I love about acting is not not necessarily that I just get to be someone else, but actually that I get to tap into parts of myself that I don't normally let people know about, you know, that are just very human. And that's where that empathy comes in is that just like my character, I'm not perfect either. <laughs> and this is and that's okay. In fact, that's going to help me really step into their shoes. Yeah. Well, this has been so great. I, I won't let you go, though, before I ask you a, a question about since the title of our podcast and the mission of our podcast is develop your character. Um, what does character mean to you? Character, Yes. And I, I, I love this because I've seen it's been floating around and I'm sure other people have said this, but it bears repeating that character is what you do when no one is watching. And I think that it's interesting to think about that in the context of theater because like we were talking about, everything is is for an audience. But when you think about it in the way that, uh, it, in the times that people aren't watching, character is what you bring to the rehearsal space before you utter a line. It's the work that you've done the to, to research your character. It's the time that you've spent reading and, and memorizing your lines. And it's what you carry into the world when you've taken your final bow. It's all of the things that you've learned through the experience that you can pass on. So I think that really character is who you are when you're not on stage. Very good point. Your students are, are very fortunate. Thank you. <laughs> thank thank you. you. And we are too. Thank you for joining us today. Um, and thank thanks to all of you who've tuned into this episode of Develop Your Character. We are always listening for your input. So if you have a question or observation about Tasha, about something we've discussed with Tasha, or anything else theater or character related, you can reach us on social media or visit our website. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can leave a review on iTunes or share with your friends on social media. And for more information on Camp Broadway, Broadway's original destination for theater-loving kids, check out our site at campbroadway.com. Thank you so much. Thank this you. This was so wonderful. For us, too. Thank you. <laughs>
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.